0: hello hi oh my goodness welcome back to my podcast how are you are you doing good are you doing great amazing awesome i'm glad to hear it it has been so long i think it's been like over a year since i've posted i'm sorry i'm not sorry it is what it is that's life whatever so i decided to post because i was just i was just reading like um a comic book i was reading the bible version of the comic book wait no i was reading the bible but like comic book form like there's this thing called action bible and it's a comic book and so i've been okay i just said comic book like three times so i i was reading it and as i was reading it i really felt led to just like talk about something which is something that's been on my heart been on my spirit been on my soul for a minute now so i'm gonna talk about that during this episode so let's talk about why i want to talk about this so pretty much like I've been dealing with a certain sin in my life, pretty much my whole entire life. Like, yeah, like in my whole life, pretty much. Since I was like eight years old, I've been struggling with this sin. And when I came to Christ, it was still something I struggled with. When I came to Christ in 2020, still something I struggled with. And I've had moments of victories and really low moments of struggle. And I actually was able to like stop doing this sin for like six months, like like last year um I stopped doing it for six months I was pretty much sober I was freed and I was like praise God he set me free and I'm free indeed like I was so happy I was so happy like I was like I'm done with this for life like I'm done with this for life but then boom 2023 hit and I fell back into this sin and it came out of nowhere I don't know why it just I started struggling with it again but this time it was like worse because I would do it and then I would feel guilt and shame and like I wouldn't do it for like a month and then I would be on a good streak right and then I would do it again and then I would feel guilt and shame and I would be on a good streak for a month and then do it again and it's like the same cycle over and over again and I had tried everything. I tried listening listen to so many sermons. I read books about it. I would listen to other people's advice. I'd watch TikToks about it. I'd listen to podcasts. I would do so much. Like do so 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 much of my own strength to try to figure this thing out and to try to stop doing this particular sin. But then a few weeks ago, I fell again. Or maybe a few days ago. Maybe like a week or two ago, I fell again. And this time I didn't bear myself in shame and guilt. I didn't even cry. Because usually I would cry and do it was like this whole thing man you know and my tears and my grief with the sin was genuine and i really hated it and i still hate it and i still don't want to do it but um this one time when i fell like a few weeks ago instead of crying instead of feeling myself with guilt and shame i ran to god because i realized that hiding from him and like feeling all this sadness and like Putting myself down is really not going to help me in this situation. I repented. I asked for forgiveness. The Lord forgives me. Now let me run to Him as my father. And I just ran to Him, like in the most honest and like naked way. And I was like, God, i can't do this on my own i've been struggling with this for years like i don't know what to do anymore you need to help me you need to help me like you god the holy spirit like you need to give me something you need to help me to give me advice because i really cannot do this on my own i don't know how to overcome this i need your help so i just cried out my heart to god and i literally just asked for his help i literally just asked for his help and then the next day i went to work and I work at a hotel as a receptionist, and I work in the evening, so from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., and it was a really, really slow shift. It was really slow. We didn't have a lot lot of people in the hotel. We didn't have a lot of people coming into the hotel, checking in, so I was in the back office. I was chilling. I was scrolling on TikTok, but I was like, I don't want to be on TikTok. I was scrolling on YouTube, and I was like, I can't find anything good to watch, and I was like, I really just want to watch a sermon. Like, I was craving it so bad. I just really, really wanted to watch a sermon. You know when you crave something, like, like, i don't know crave food and you're craving it so so bad and you will not be satisfied until you have it that's how it felt so i was like "Mm, i don't know what sermon to watch though so i put i went on youtube and i typed in sermon not even sermon for i don't know lust sermon for drugs sermon for temptation nothing in particular i just typed in sermon and then i put a bunch of sermons into my watch later list and then i clicked on the first video that i saw And the first video that I saw was a sermon by Billy Graham. And he was talking about Jesus's temptation in the wilderness. And literally five minutes into the sermon, God had spoken to me in such a way that I had never honestly heard before regarding this particular sin that I've been struggling with. Just to be clear, the sin is related to lust. And I feel like I don't need to say anymore. I think we all know what I'm talking about. Okay. It's not porn, though. It's not porn. I haven't done that in years okay but it's the other thing i don't want to say it but we all know what it is anyways it starts with them anyways but yes i i felt like god was speaking to me regarding the sin in a way that i haven't heard like ever in my whole entire life and it was like a revel- it was such a fresh revelation i literally stood up and i like almost screamed because i was like oh my gosh i did not realize that this meant what it meant so anyways i'm going to be talking about that revelation that I received in a more fleshed out and hopefully more organized way in this podcast episode and i find it so funny how i literally just asked help from god i literally just asked him and he gave me help so i think sometimes this this is going to be like a short little testimony i think sometimes we struggle with certain things and we try to figure out our own tactics and our own ways you know and our own strategies to to work it out to fix it out in our own strength when we forget that god is literally there our helper and we can lean on to him and simply ask him and he will come through and he will answer our prayers anyways that's just a little testimony of his goodness and grace gratefulness in jesus mighty name anyways let me start talking about the topic of this actual episode so the title of this episode is going to be titled why you need the wilderness okay okay so I'm going to read the scriptures that are pertinent to this podcast, and then I'm going to dissect them one by one. So the scripture that I'm going to be reading is going to be in Matthew 4, verse 1 till verse 11. So it says, and this is, NIV, oh, this is the ESV version. So it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these i will give you if you will fall down and worship me then jesus said to him be gone satan for it is written you shall worship the lord your god and him only shall you serve then the devil left him and behold angels came and were ministering to him so by reading these few scriptures i deducted that jesus was tempted in three different ways Number one, he was tempted in his flesh because of his hunger. Like it says, verse one to three, it says, I'll actually start at verse two to three. It says, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Even though Jesus is completely and fully God in this moment, he was also human. He went through human emotions and human feelings and human you know life human tendencies and in this instance since he hadn't eaten in 40 days he was obviously hungry and the enemy saw his fleshly desire and came to tempt him came to attack that and gave him this counterfeit which is bread made out of stone in the same way the enemy will come to you and he will see your fleshly desires hey we're all humans okay we all are humans and we all have a reproductive system and the enemy knows that, and even though our reproductive system, system is a godly and beautiful, wonderful thing that the Lord has literally created, be fulfilled, multiply, look in Genesis 1, no, Genesis 2 or 3, I forgot, look in Genesis, the beginning of Genesis, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing, but the enemy likes to use us against us, H- likes to use godly things that God created against us. And just like he tempted Jesus, he will look, he will tempt us in our flesh and have us desire things that are counterfeits of god's promises and creation and wonderful beautiful creation so that's the number one way that he tempts jesus he tempts him in his flesh the second way it that he tempts jesus is he tempts him to test god like it mentions in verse 5 and 6 it says then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you are the son of god throw yourself down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone and then the third way that satan tempted jesus was tempting him by riches and false glory like it says in verse seven to nine Jesus said to him again, It is when you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. What a joke. You really think? Anyways, it's crazy that he said that. It's it's so crazy that he says that. But in the same way, the enemy tempts every single one of us by wanting us to pursue riches and glory in this world, fame, glory in this world. Things that are temporary. Right, you know, money is the root of all evil. And because of money, there's so much evil and sin all around the world. It's the same thing. But, anyways, I mentioned all these three different temptations because I realized that there was a parallel to these temptations. All these three temptations are actually counterfeits of what God would eventually, of what Jesus would eventually go through on his earthly ministry. Let me break it down for you. So, Jesus tempts, no, my bad. The devil tempts Jesus with turning stones into bread right well Satan offers him stones as bread when Jesus came down to give himself up as the bread of life isn't that parallel so interesting how literally those stones turning into bread quote unquote it literally is a counterfeit of what of what Jesus came down on this earth to actually do and to become as a living bread for us in which we can eat and never feel hungry again I'm going to read John 6 verse 47 to 51 to emphasize this okay so it says in john 6 verse 47 to 51 truly truly i say to you whoever believes have eternal life i am the bread of life your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die I am the living bread that came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and and the bread that i will give for the for oh my gosh and the bread that i will give for the life of the world is my flesh that is so incredibly interesting how the enemy tempts jesus in his flesh in his humanly hunger to turn those stones into bread when jesus actually came down on this earth to give himself up as a living bread in which we can eat and we will never feel satisfied or ever hunger again or we have eternal satisfaction satisfaction oh my gosh the truth is, Jesus, Jesus could, have, could have easily turned those stones into bread. He's literally raised people from the dead later on in his, in his ministry. This is nothing for him. This is light work for him. But that's not the point. If he were to give in to the temptation and turn those stones into bread, it would just be a demonstration of his lack of trust and faith in God and his provision and his faithfulness. Now, in the second temptation... Satan tempts Jesus to test God to save him by throwing himself off the over a cliff, saying that angels will come and save you instead of Jesus trusting God to resurrect him from the dead from the cross. Now, now let me elaborate. Let me elaborate. Hold on. Now, stay with me. All right, in Matthew four, five. To six. This is what Satan, his slivery, sneaky self, this is what he says. The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their heads, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. I and i don't know if i'm reaching okay like guys like this is this is the interpretation that i'm heading at this is what i'm seeing this is what i feel like the lord is showing me this is this is kind of like the contrast and the parallel that i'm seeing right now in the scriptures so like be free to correct me be free to follow me on instagram (laughs) <laughs> Dora Naomi, that's my username. Follow me on Instagram and DM me and like, correct me. I'm so open to that. But this is the interpretation I'm getting to. I find that the, what de- the devil was saying, using Chris scripture out of the context, right? What the devil was saying is in stark contrast to Matthew chapter 26, verses 53 to 54. And it says, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? Oh my days, oh my days! This is when, um, after Judas betrayed Jesus, and eventually he gets cu- Jesus gets caught, and um, uh, wait, and then Peter, trying to be a big man, tries to cut. <laughs> Sorry. Then Peter, trying to be a big man, cuts an ear of one of the people trying to attack Jesus, and then Jesus is like, no no don't you think like angels can come and rescue me but how would the scriptures be fulfilled if i don't go through this in other ways jesus knows that he has to die and he trusts in the lord for him to resurrect him so that the scriptures and the promises and the prophecies can be fulfilled through him again going back to matthew 4 the devil was literally testing jesus to go through something that is never part of god's plans that will not be according to the prophecies and the scriptures spoken spoken of jesus it's literally a counterfeit of his purposes and it, it's a it's a complete derail of the plans that the lord has for jesus on his earth on the earth for, according to his ministry and now the third temptation that satan offers is this one Satan offers him riches glory and fame instead of Jesus having to go through the persecution sacrifice and tribulation that would warrant him that fame in mark 1 verse 28 it says and at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding regions of Galilee and in Luke 4 verse 37 it says and reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding regions the enemy as idiotic as he can possibly be was like, Jesus, you bow down to him and I will give you everything. I will give you fame, riches, glory, everything, everything. When Jesus was going to go through all of that on his earthly ministry, but instead what Jesus offered, no, what the devil offers Jesus is an easy fix. It's easy for him to quote unquote, bow down to the devil and received all that fame and rich, riches and glory right now in this moment, instead of having to go through all the persecution, tribulations, sacrifice, denial, rejection, and honestly just annoying people coming at him throughout his earthly ministry. But that's exactly what makes his name known. Having to heal people and having to preach and having to correct people and turning the tables, that is exactly what makes his name grow and known around the regions around galilee so once again we see here that satan is offering a counterfeit of the ultimate plan and purposes that the lord had for jesus on earth and now i honestly truly understand when the bible says that jesus was tempted in every way like we were but yet did not sin the enemy tends us in the same way especially regarding the sin that i was struggling with in this moment i had realized like what the enemy is offering me right now in this moment in this in this lustful pleasure is a counterfeit It's a counterfeit of intimacy it's a counterfeit of sexual intimacy it's a counterfeit of love that god had created in a specific covenant between husband and wife and i'd realized in that moment like by giving into this temptation by falling by doing this thing time and time again it was never enough it kept me more and more hungry it had me going back it had me wanting more uh i don't know if y'all can hear that my my dad's doing construction in our basement i apologize for the noise but this is in stark contrast to what jesus came down on this earth to do which is to give, give himself up as a living bread in which we can eat and never feel hungry again he is the living water in which we can drink and never thirst again and all the good things that come from the Lord that he created are supposed to do that. They're supposed to satisfy us. He's supposed to satisfy us, not the temptations of the enemy. And then I thought to myself, why do I have a habit of falling into the trap? Why do I have a habit of falling to them t- into the temptation? And then I realized it's because I believe I'm believing in lies. The root of what the enemy is giving to us is deceit. It's lies. And we see this even in the beginning in Genesis, you see that Satan comes to Eve and he's like, did God really say, you know, did God really say he's really taking scripture? No, he's taking the word of God and he's twisting it and he's he's saying that God really say it's the same way that he comes and tempts the Lord. It's the same way he comes and tempts Jesus. He uses scriptures and he takes it out of context and he twists it in order for us to fall for it and for us to eventually, you know, be deceived. But then as I kept examining this passage and examining Jesus's temptation through the wilderness, I realized that he was able to withstand t- t- temptation each and every single time by holding strong to the word of God and by using it as his weapon. Every- and then eventually the enemy fleed. He left him alone. And it's only after that, once he would stand the big trial of the wilderness, that his ministry was catapulted and he started his earthly ministry. So to answer the question or the statement of this episode, why you need the wilderness, you need the wilderness for four reasons. Reason number one, it refines you. The wilderness, the desert, isn't a comfortable place. You know, it's dry, it's barren, there's no trees, there's no water, there's no food, there's no fruits, there's nothing. And at this point, we all know that we grow and we are refined and we're purified when we are uncomfortable. We never grow, we never really change things when we're comfortable and everything's fine and all of our desires are met and we're satisfied. No, we usually tend to grow When we are uncomfortable. And it's the same thing with, like, by example, working out. Like, your muscles only really grow when you push yourself to failure and then eventually you heal and everything. I don't know. I'm not a, I don't know how it all works, okay? But I just know that you only really grow your muscles when you are in pain. And it's the same thing. The wilderness is supposed to refine you. But the wilderness, number two, the wilderness also kind of exposes you, it makes your weak spots more obvious course in the wilderness like i mentioned it's barren it's dry it's empty so you're thirsty you're hungry you sh- you are aware of your needs and you are aware of your weak spots you know you tend to be more angry and more agitated and more you know pride to lust or pride you're more tempted to be prideful and and etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera. like the barren land makes it more obvious like where you fall short and it kind of makes me think you know when like you have a friend and you feel like you're always the one putting the effort in the friendship you feel like you're always the one reaching out to that person you're the one you're always the one you know wanting to hang out and everything and then you decide like hey let me just stop texting first for once and let me just see what happens and then you never hear from them ever again i feel like that's the same thing when the wilderness i feel like the lord puts us in a place of isolation of barrenness just to kind of see If we really are loyal to him, if how we're going to react, are we going to start getting angry? Are we going to start accusing God? Are we going to start doubting him? You know, like, I think it's the same way. It It exposes us. It exposes our weak spots. Reason number three, the wilderness, even though it may be difficult, it exposes us and it refines us. It also equips us. The wilderness equips us for the troubles ahead. It gets us ready it's almost like the shallow end of the deep end of life you know what i'm saying like god went through i honestly believe that god went through worse things throughout his ministry during his ministry than he did during the wilderness of course he did he was freaking persecuted he was insulted he was mocked he was beaten you know he had scars all over his body he went through worse things during his ministry and i kind of think about like Sometimes we go through hard things in this life, of course, but during the end times, we're going to be persecuted. We're going to be mocked. We're going to go through exactly what Jesus went through. And if you can't go through the small challenges small challenges of life right now, what makes you think that you can endure the persecution to come? And I feel like that's the same thing. Jesus went through hard times during the wilderness, but that equipped him and prepared him for the harder persecution to come during his earthly ministry. And like, it's kind of the same thing through every every phase of life like by example right now i have a job like i mentioned i work at a reception i was at, i work as a reception at a hotel and not going to lie in the beginning and just honestly like just a month ago or a few a few weeks ago i really hated my job now i'm starting to like it i'm starting to tolerate it i should say but i used to really really like hate it cuz it was honestly such like it's not that hard but it's really hard i don't want to go into the details of it but it was just very mentally taxing for me it was it was a lot on me mentally it was a lot on me spiritually and i just i just my friend mentioned something that was very interesting she's like it's hard but it's only like a part-time job like imagine working in a true like corporate competitive company once i'm done university and i enter and i truly enter the job like full-time job market it's only gonna get harder so right now it may be hard but it's only gonna get harder like this little job that i have right now this cute little part-time job that's kind of stressing me out it's only supposed to make me strong refine me expose me and make me strong mentally for the harder jobs and positions to come when i get that big old job you know what i'm saying and finally number 4, the fourth reason why you need the wilderness is because the wilderness will catapult you into the next season, the next level, the next purpose, the next path that the Lord has for your life. Just like I, just like Jesus, once he withstood the temptation and eventually the enemy left him alone, he started his he started his earthly ministry. Oh my gosh, I keep like I keep stuttering, my tongue keeps getting tongue tied. I'm so sorry. So I believe it's that same thing in our life it's i believe it's the same thing very similar like the troubles that we go through right now the the wilderness that you go through right now is supposed to really just equip you and form you and refine you and expose you so that you may be truly ready and complete for the next step for the next season that the lord has for your life i truly believe that the lord is dealing me when it comes to the specifics and i truly believe like i really felt it like so strongly like the lord was like we are not i'm not going to put you or you know i don't know how do i say elevate you more into ministry if we don't address this right now and it makes total sense because why would i be like not to say that i would ever do this one day i do not know but why would i be speaking in front of a stage in front of everyone when i'm struggling with sexual morality you know like i don't know like it's just it's not cute it's not a vibe like i want to live what i share i want to live what i preach you know so it's it it goes along with integrity you know a life living a life of holiness of purity for god um being pure and being holy is so important especially if i want to be a leader like that is so incredibly important so i honestly feel like the lord is dealing with me on like very seriously and severely before he catapults me into whatever next he has for my life and i'm not saying it's going to be ministry i don't know whatever it is i just feel like he wants to deal with me regarding the specific sin so take into account everything that i just mentioned this is why you need the wilderness season the wilderness is so important like i feel like oh my days i just want to talk about this i just want to talk freely man let me talk freely so many christians are afraid of pain Mm -mm -mm. let me elaborate so many christians don't like suffering but i feel like they forget That God never said that our life on this earth would be easy. And if anything, he said it would get worse as we enter the end times. Like hardships. And I feel like maybe I can speak from a place of experience. As someone who has dealt with a lot of mental issues, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. A lot of mental turmoil that I feel like, honestly, the Lord has really helped me through. But the only reason why it has, like, I feel like the Lord has helped me through it is because He's generally helped me change my mindset when it comes to suffering as a Christian. A lot of times we want to rebuke the storm, you know? A lot of times we want to rebuke the storm instead of walking through it like Peter did with faith. A lot of times we want to, you know, um, rebuke the sickness instead of, oh my days. I read this passage the other day and I was at awe at jesus at what jesus said here okay i want to read this and i want to continue talking about this topic of suffering okay we're kind of diverting into something else but it's still related to the wilderness so i'm going to read a passage here in john 11 verse 4 it says but when jesus heard it he said this illness does not lead to death it is for the glory of god so that the son of god may be glorified through it so to give you guys context this is when jesus's friend lazarus was pronounced dead okay he was dead and let me actually read in verse let me actually start from verse 1 11 verse 1 it says now a certain man was ill Lazarus of bethany the village of mary and her sister martha it was mary who anointed the lord who with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother lazarus with was ill so the sisters sent him saying lord lord he whom you love is ill but when jesus heard heard it he said this illness does not lead to death it is for the glory of god so that the son of god may be glorified through it literally oh my goodness gracious and then eventually lazarus died so this makes the statement even more powerful because the lord even knew what would happen and yet instead of being fearful instead of you know freaking out instead of even rebuking or like starts you know starts to pray or even going back to this friend going to where his friend Lazarus is and starting to lay hands on him and pray for him and stuff like that he said he said it is for the glory of god so that the son of god may be glorified through it this illness is for the glory of god so that the son of god may be glorified through it and what if we thought about the wilderness in the same way what if instead of you know Being so afraid of suffering and pain, being so afraid of the drought, being so afraid of barrenness, we cling on to God so strongly. We have hope and faith in God so strongly that even through whatever that we may go through, we may understand that it is for the glory of God. So that the son of God may be glorified through it. And then I started thinking about all the things I was going through in my life. I started thinking about my financial situation, about school coming coming up about you know like certain things in my life that i'm waiting for that i'm praying for and i started speaking the sentence into my life i started declaring it and i just want to read something that i wrote here um like a little note that i wrote here next to um this passage and it says i absolutely love Jesus' answer to this to the sickness of his friend what if we all saw our circumstances like this my job isn't miserable it is for the glory of god so that the son of god may be glorified through it My studies aren't pointless. It is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. My waiting has purpose because it is for for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. My pain and suffering will never put me to shame because it is for the glory of God, for the Son of God may be glorified through it. You may be going through a barren season. You may be going through a really hard time. You may be going through a season of isolation. I. Feel like i'm low-key still kind of in the wilderness or just stepping out of the wilderness i do not know but i know that i personally was going through you know a, a time of isolation a time of you know of kind of distress because you know i've been working a lot these past few weeks like working like crazy like working nearly 40 hours every week you know and my shifts are in the evenings because i work at a hotel i feel like a lot of people don't understand this like hotels you can't just have any shift you know in your day like i you either work in the morning from 7 a.m to 3 p.m or you work in the evenings from 3 p.m to 11 p.m and there's overnight shifts from 7 a.m from 11 p.m to 7 a.m um, because a hotel is never closed it's always open and sometimes i work in between shifts from sets from 2 p.m to 8 p.m it depends but most of my shifts are in the evenings from 3 p.m to 11 p.m so because of that when i come into work my friends usually end work because they end around three four five six so that means that i don't really see my friends and because of that it's been really hard for me because I haven't been able to go to church throughout the week like I obviously don't miss Sundays I will never miss Sundays but um like a little girls group that we have throughout the week or activities that we have throughout the week with the church with the church that I go to I haven't been really be, I haven't really been able to attend because of my work schedule and now I know what you may be thinking oh you're idolizing work da, 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 da. trust me I am not whenever I can leave early I leave gladly early you don't understand how many times i've tried to call in but the holy spirit won't let me because i can't lie anyways whatever it's so not the point i have felt so much anguish and honestly a lot of pain and isolation not anymore to be honest but especially when um summer break started for me which started it started for me in may i felt so much isolation so much like sadness and pain over the fact that i could not really hang out with people at church i really couldn't see my friends all i would do all i was doing was working and the work environment was so not good for me for my mental well-being it was so anxiety inducing like the things that i would go through the encounters that i would have with people were so mean i felt like management was like a burden i just felt all this anguish and this pain and i felt even more isolation that i couldn't even be at church throughout the week like, there were literally times where I would be in the parking lot right before my shift started, starts, and I would, like, hold back tears because I was like, God, I don't want to be here. Like, I want to leave this place. I want to leave this job. And I've cried out to God. I've literally cried, begged him to give me another job. I've tried applying for other places, y'all. I applied for this other job. And I was gonna give him my two weeks because I was gonna get I was literally gonna get an interview. I was gonna give him my two weeks. It paid more than the job that I had right now. Like I was ready to go. I was ready to bounce. But I literally felt the Lord tell me, where are you going? And I was like, I'm leaving this place because I hate it here. And he was like, I never told you to I never told you to leave. I never asked you to go. I was like, Lord, have mercy. Just like the Holy Spirit led Jesus. Oh my days, this is too good. Just like the Holy Spirit led Jesus deliberately in the wilderness in the place of barrenness the holy spirit was leading me in a place of suffering and that's a conflict that's i know that's triggering for a lot of y'all a lot of y'all don't get that a lot of y'all that doesn't click but understand this the lord will lead you in a place of suffering for your own good for all the reasons that i've cited earlier and that doesn't make god cruel that doesn't make god evil he He's a father. He's a loving father. That means that he cares for us, and he sympathizes with us, and he meets us where we are, but he also corrects us and he disciplines us and he prunes us for our good so that we may be more mature and more fruit-bearing Christians, followers of Jesus. And at this job I was brought and I have been brought to a point where I was so like I can't even I can't even verbally explain it. I was so mentally and emotionally and spiritually like I felt like I was so beaten down that my that I had to and I I, when I was brought to a place where I had to change my mentality or else I would literally like I would die like there was just no way that I would make it through I was like Elijah like I wanted to die I wanted to die there was no way There was no way that I would make it through if it wasn't for the fact that I had to change my mindset. I had to change my mentality. I had to depend on God in every literal sense of the word. Like I started praying, God, take me through every minute, every second, every hour, because I cannot do this without you. And if it wasn't for me being brought to that point, I would not have this podcast episode right now. I would not have been able to share the wisdom that the Lord has given me. I would not have a testimony nor a story to tell. Like... It's all for a purpose. It's all for a reason. The wilderness is for your good. So, how do you get through the wilderness? How do you get through this season of suffering? How do you suffer well? Something I, oh my gosh, something I feel like everyone needs to know more is how to suffer well. But that's another podcast episode. That's a complete, uh, completely other podcast episode. But how do you go through the season of wilderness? How do you make it through? Just like Jesus, the scriptures are your best friend hold on to them jugs hold on to the word of god grit that bible of yours tear them papers up read every single word highlight every single sentence i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) no but I'm, i'm being so serious like the word of god is your anchor in this moment it is your sword it is your sword just like in ephesians it is the sword of truth it helps you Cut and fight and completely just block and rebuke the lies of the enemy, the, the deceit of the enemy. In times of temptation, remind you of the word of God. Use the word of God as your anchor. Something I started doing, I started having scriptures, a bunch of post-it notes everywhere around my room. I have scripture you know, on my phone, on my as my screensaver, I have folders, notes, folders on my phone. Like, go-to scriptures I go to in times where I'm feeling some type of way, where I'm feeling down, where I'm feeling low. I have script, scrip- I have, I don't know what happened, I think it cut off. But I have scriptures when I'm feeling tempted. Those are my go-to scriptures when I feel like I'm tempted to lust, feel like I'm tempted to fall into sexual immorality. I have scriptures for promises that I'm waiting on. I have scriptures for, literally I have scripture for so many things. So, yeah, scripture is your number one best friend during the time of wilderness. But I would also would say, like, pour out your heart to God. He sees you. You are fully, completely known by God. You cannot hide a single thing from him. He is omnipresent. He knows, he knows everything. He is the Lord of Lords, like, the highest priest. This man, he knows you like the back of his hand. Don't even try to hide nothing. How, however you feel, whatever emotion you have, anger, bitterness, jealousy, sadness, sadness, lust come on now bring it to god bring it bring it at his feet pour out your heart to him and ask for his help lord have mercy i cannot i cannot stress this enough be honest with god be raw with god be completely transparent with god and ask for his help if it wasn't for the fact that i simply just ask god for help when it comes to this specific sin i literally would not be making this episode right now i wouldn't because i would have nothing to tell i simply asked for his help and he came through because he's such a faithful god this is who he is he answers he answers your cries he answers your prayers do not do not neglect the power of the word and the power of the prayer the power of having an intimate true relationship with god and i think it's another thing that i had realized throughout my time or season of wilderness i feel like i'm still kind of going through it but like i don't know it's getting better like it's getting better so um I don't know if this is now a season of transition, whatever. But I realized that throughout my season of wilderness, um, I would pray to God about certain things and he would literally answer like right away. Like I would ask him for something and he would straight up answer. Like one time I prayed for joy and for peace. And like the next day I was so freaking joyful and I had and it, it was like days, days since I had felt like any ounce of joy or sort of like energy or like passion for life and he had given to me just like that i had asked for his help and he came through like giving me the desire to watch a sermon like i didn't even type anything the first video i watched boom gave me wisdom like and it's in those in that time of wilderness where you pray to god you probably you pour out your heart to god and you ask you bring you bring. i don't know what i don't know my audio keeps cutting this is literally the enemy and i rebuke this in jesus mighty name like stop stop what you're doing right now anyways but I would bring out my prayers and supplications to God and he would literally answer and he would literally intercede for me in a heartbeat and it made me realize the faithfulness of God it's it made me realize how God hears us how we are never truly alone and how he really comes through with us sometimes it's quick like me but sometimes it takes a minute like in the in the season of wilderness i prayed for certain things and he answered quickly but there were still big big things that i was praying for that he still had to answer but in those moments where he would answer quickly it was just him reminding me of his faithfulness it was him reminding me that he's with me through this hard time but anyways uh i think the audio for the last part was kind of weird now it should be back to normal praise god um the enemy is a liar okay um but yes yes i have talked for 40 minutes my mouth is dry i need water but yes that's that's it that's really everything i have to say when it comes to this topic when it comes to this word this um yes okay so i really hope that this was encouraging i really hope that this is nourishing to some of y'all and that y'all really take this word and you meditate on it you go back to the scriptures and um you grab hold of it because really honestly like the scriptures like i don't know what i would do without the word of god like i really i'm so thankful every day to be able to wake up and to read his word like it's such a gift it's such a privilege his word is really seriously so good but anyways this is why you need the wilderness and this is why you need suffering and this is why as christians we should stop trying to evade it stop trying to avoid it and escape it because it's ultimately for our good you know like let's not do some prosperity gospel type stuff let's not do none of that that's that's from the devil that is a lie that is a this that is deceiving completely deceiving and honestly i really 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 want to make an episode about suffering because it's something that i've honestly had to learn in in the hardest way possible i've been through and i don't I don't want to be like, what was me? But I've been through a lot of suffering. Like my, I'll make another episode about it. But since like I was a kid, I've been through a lot of trauma. I've been through a lot of stuff. Mental, mental fitness is something I've seriously had to exercise in my life. And I feel like it's so important. Like everyone needs to know this, not even just Christians, but even people that aren't, they don't even know Christ. But anyways, I'm done rambling. I'm done talking. Hopefully this was encouraging. Hopefully You know, this is this will reach out to the right people and will touch the right people. And may God be with you. May God bless you. May he encourage you in Jesus mighty name. Go in peace. Amen. See you next time. Bye.